0: My message because uh, you know, we've been uh, this, is, I guess, the third part of works on the flesh and uh, works of the flesh, excuse me. And we're going to uh, delve into this. Uh, I plan to go to Galatians, but I don't know if we're going to get there fully. Uh, and we'll take a detour next week because uh, actually, next week is Christmas. And yes, we are going to have service. <laughs> I know my kids are like, uh oh, they're all staring at me in the back right now. <laughs> so, yes, we are because you know we're celebrating Christmas, which is the birth of Christ. So we're going to, you know, and and I'm not a theme holiday type person to 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 bring messages from that. But as I was going to West Virginia to pick up Donovan, I had a detour, and it took me by some churches, and I noticed on some churches uh, it says uh, Saturday, excuse me, Santa holiday breakfast or photos with Santa right there in the churches. I'm like, and it took me probably about the third or church, I think, before I noticed, I said, wait a minute, what, what are they doing? Why do they had that up there in the church? You know, so, uh, next week will be a uh, sort of, well, not sort of, it will be a Christmas theme and what we should do as Christians and things like that because, you know, sometimes we wonder whether or not we should celebrate Christian uh, Christmas rather or not. There's a big debate between Christians on that, you know, and then we'll go through because there, there's some things that are said. And we'll find out what is actually factual and what is not. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, you know, I don't give you nothing that's not in the Word. And if it's not in the Word, I'll tell you it's my opinion. <laughs> right? <laughs> Amen. So, but we're not here to talk about that. Uh, we're talking about Christ, but we're not here to talk about uh, Christmas, per se. So, we're going to talk about the works of the flesh. So, we, you know, last week we talked about the secret sins. And we came from uh, Joshua chapter 7, you know, with the sin of Achan. And we talked about how sin affects Not just the person committed a sin, but affects everybody around, right? And then the week prior to that, we talked about the pet sins and how we categorize uh, certain sins, and then certain sins that are minute sins that we as Christians learn, we come to learn to accept, and we're willing to accept. And they tend to grow on us, and they affect our walk with the Lord and our walk with other believers as well. So this week we're going to delve into the seriousness of Well, I guess not the seriousness, but basically the works of the flesh in Galatians and things like that. So, like I said, it's my intent to get there, but we'll we'll see. Uh, And then next week won't, I meant to say this, next week won't be a long message neither. But I know I said that before and then it's it's gone over, but (laughs) I'm going to do my best to keep it short. So, all right. so, um, you know, I don't know if you all remember, because it really dawned on me that I guess it's been over a year since I did the teaching on the fruit of the Spirit. And we spent time on that, I think, probably about s- almost six months, if not six months, on fruit of the Spirit. And, I, and if, going back to that, I talked about how we, as Christians today, we come to embrace the gifts of the Spirit more so than fruit of the Spirit. And in which we should be embracing the fruit of the Spirit more so than the gifts. But we tend to flock to the gifts and talk about the gifts all the time, not as much as the fruit. So now, we're going to talk about the works of the flesh, right? So we know in Galatians, it talks about the works of the flesh, and. And just so we know that that's not all the works of the flesh. I think I've said that before. That's just uh, basically uh, a minute summary. And we're going to go to different books in the Bible once we get there. And you you may ask, and I'm going to repeat this every time I, I start this topic: Why are we talking about the works of the flesh? Because it's a God thing. It's in the Bible. It does, you know we don't we don't do these things, but it's in the Bible. But we have to understand that we have a carnal nature. We have a, a, a nature. So. We see in the Bible, it talks about the flesh. So, there has a couple of meanings in there. It's all one meaning, but sometimes it's talking about flesh where y'all can see me, right? That flesh. Then we have a flesh on the inside that y'all can't see. And as Christians, we deal with that. We deal with that. Even when we come to Christ and we get saved, there's still a battle. The Bible talks about there's a battle still going on. And then sometimes as Christians, we get to the point, we, we, we'll, we'll face that and we wonder, am I still saved? What's going on? And there's a level of maturity that we have to get to in that. But these works of the flesh, a lot of times we'll look at it and say, well, I don't do those things. Well, when we go through the Greek, we're going to see, some of us may still do these things once we go. Because, we, you know, I don't know if you heard where it says, well, drugs are not really in the Bible. Well, yeah, we're going to see, it actually is. It is, we're going to see that, Alright, once we get there, <laughs> so just bear with me, right, so, you know, it comes in the church today, we're discussing more topics, more secular topics, more so than what's in the Bible, and how do we know that we're not supposed to do these things in the flesh if we don't talk about it, it's in the word for a reason, and it's not just in Galatians, right? John talks about it in, in uh, first, second, and third John. He talks about it. James talks about it. Peter talks about it. Jesus talked about it, right? So these are all different books in the Bible that mention, and not that's not even counting the Old Testament. It's all through the Old Testament where it talks about the works of the flesh. So it has to be important for us to know that yeah, we don't do these things, but if we don't talk about it, then we may be in danger of doing those things. Amen. And and. It's important for the church to talk about these things instead of what we've been talking about in the world today, such as politics, such yeah. as the vaccine, whether or not to get the vaccine or whether or not to get the vaccine, right? That that has nothing to do with the Word of God. We have to stay on topic on the Word of God. And we can't look to man, but we got to look in the Word of God. So, as you all know, I like to give scriptures. So, we're going to start out first in Romans 8. Y'all heard me say this before. We can't allow the culture to shape us. We have to be shaped by God. And the only way we can be shaped by God is by spending time in his Word And spending time with him. Because this is a walk of discipline. Right? So, uh, we all familiar with the Dead Sea Scrolls? No? No? Okay, I see some yes and some no. All right. So, Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered back in 1947. I think over a period of maybe five or six years. And uh, it was found in uh, a city, I believe, uh, Quran, I think it's pronounced. So it's so God. So basically how it gets discovered is a sheep goes astray and the shepherd goes looking for a sheep. And then it comes by a cave. And then throws a rock in the cave and then here's a glass break. So the shepherds go into the cave and they, dis- they discover all these old scrolls and manuscripts that are over 2,000 years old. And what it confirmed is basically our Bible. It confirmed the Old Testament. Basically, all the scrolls had every book in the Old Testament. I think, with the exception of uh, Esther, and then I think maybe Nehemiah as well. But everything was in there, pretty much word for word, like we have in the Bible today. Oh, right. right? Yeah. So that showed validity. But I said to say this: is it was they were found in I think 11 different caves. They found these scrolls. And as they go through the scrolls, they found one in one of the caves that said, talked about the community rule. And the community rule was where if you were going to live and be a part of one community, um, you had to abide by the rules. And the rules came from where basically things from the bottom, right? So it was basically like, thou should not do this, thou should not do this. It was basically based on Deuteronomy and the Pentateuch, really. If you do these things, then this is going to happen to you, right? So it also talked about, they also had in their writings that there's going to be a war take place later on that it's going to be from the sons of light against the sons of darkness, and then God's going to come. And then we got to remember, they didn't have the New Testament back then. So these are all things that match up with what's in Revelation, right? So I say that to say this, but in this community, they didn't allow immorality. They didn't allow immorality. They focused in on morality, basically morality, right? So there's a difference between immorality and morality, right? So immorality, we know, is you're going to do what's wrong, right? Morality is you're going to do what's right. So we have to decide today as a church what we're going to do as Christians, what we're going to do. We can't go by the world standard, and that's what the community rule was about. We're not going to go by what's out there. What the other cities are going to do, we're going to function on what's here. And we're going to allow God. God's going to rule here. And that's how we have to be in our lives. So, but how do we do this? Because we have this flesh, right? So, and I think I was sharing with my wife, I think today, where I was trying to put it in words, but it was hard to put it in words. But, you know, we, we come into this age where now it's, let's do this. You can do it. Hold on. Keep doing this. And we develop this mindset where it's almost like a workout mindset. That we're going to have. But that's not going to keep us from the flesh. Because we don't have power to overcome our flesh. If we had power to overcome our flesh, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. So we don't have power to overcome our flesh. But we need the Holy Spirit. That's what helps us to overcome our flesh. Alright, so let's go to Romans 8, beginning at verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit... The things of the spirit. So, what's that word "set" means? That means to direct their attention, to strive for. For those that are going to strive for the things of the flesh, now we gotta remember, Paul's talking to the church here. If we're going to strive for the things of the flesh, then we're going to come away from the things of God. We gotta remember, it's black and white with God. There's no gray area with God. He says, "What, hot, or cold, right? No lukewarm with God." So there's no in-between. There's no one foot in and one foot out. But no, we got to be focused and have our minds instead striving for God. Alright, so let's keep going. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So if we're thinking carnally, if we're thinking like the world thinks, then that's death. Mm -hmm. That means death as in it's going to lead us into sin. So... This is why the world... See, Satan's smart. That's why we, He's what? The prince of the power there. This is why he's taking over television, YouTube, and things like that. And even, we got to be careful on who we listen to as far as preaching. Because no matter who we listen to, they shape our mindset. Our, our mind is like a canvas. And the words that we hear, and the teachings that we hear, paint a picture. So, it doesn't matter if who you listen to, if you listen to... Somebody that's teaching false teaching. you listen to them enough, you're going to start to believe what they're saying. So that's why we have to be careful on who we listen to. Because we just can't listen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, so where is that? Uh, verse 7. Uh, yeah, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So that means the carnal mind is in opposition. So, this goes back to where, we talked about it before, a while ago, that you have preachers, ministers, Christians that say, well, you know what? You could listen to this type of secular song. And it, No, that's carnality. That doesn't take us closer to God. That actually pulls us away. And that's in opposition to God. So, which way are we going? So, we, we have a choice. God doesn't make us go either way. We have a choice. The choice is ours. Because he gives us free will. So, what are we going to do? Are we gonna be obedient and go towards the things of God? Or are we gonna go towards the secular things, right? So it doesn't mean that you can't listen to certain secular songs. So what I mean by, well, I would say probably about 90, 95% is a no-go. Things of God, right? So, but we have to be careful because again, and see, this is the issue where we may have Christian musicians collaborating with secular artists. So there was a, a gospel singer. Who's well known, and she made a collaboration a few years ago with a female hip-hop artist. Now I know this female hip-hop artist, she does not display things of God at all. But then she said, Well, I, you know, the gospel singer said, Well, I had a conversation with her, and you know, she mentioned God, and you know, she, she wanted to get closer to God. Something she said, it wasn't, it wasn't that, but it still shouldn't have been done. It still shouldn't have been done. And there were some issues. So some Christians did raise issues about the song. And then she snapped back at the Christian, saying, Don't judge me. Right? But it says here, because the calling of mind is enmity, it's in opposition. So we can't do secular things. We can't collaborate with secular people like that because that's not, that's that's actually becoming unequally yoked. All right. So verse eight. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So, now, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. So, some of us may say, well, we how do I know the Spirit of God dwells in me? Oh, it's easy. See, because, you know, as Christians, what we do is, Lord... Help me today. I need this. I need. I need to know you there. This like that, and it's almost like where where uh, we read last week with Joshua, in Joshua chapter seven, when the sin was in the camp and they got defeated. Before Joshua realized there was sin in the camp, he did what? He went to God, questioning God, right? And, and God said, "Get up. Problem's not with me. It's with you." So sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times we're not gonna feel the presence of God, but we got to have faith to know that. We are saved. We're born again. Like I said, there's going to be a struggle on the inside of us because we have, it doesn't matter how long we've been saved, for as long as we're alive on this earth until we get our glorified body, we're going to face some struggles on the inside. That's, you know, we may not go out there and commit adultery or murder, but we may have some envy there somewhere, you know, we may have some gossip in there somewhere. So these are things we may struggle with internally and we have to know. So, it's like like I, I shared, oh, oh, um, I think a few months ago, where I could be at work, I'll get with my co-workers, they know who I am, those who I do talk to and hang out with, they know who I am, they know about me. So we joke, we don't tell Jody dirty jokes, they don't say that to me, and I definitely tell, don't tell them no dirty jokes, but you know, we'll joke around, but then the spirit will say, alright, that's enough time for you to get up. Why? Because now I'm starting to get carnal again, and that may lead me down somewhere else where he doesn't want me to go. So... Like I said before, it's up to me. If I listen, great. If I don't, then I gotta suffer that conviction and that consequence, right Amen. there. All right. So getting back to how do we know that we're saved, and, and we we, we wanting God to do this, want God to do that? But Philippians chapter two, I believe it's verse twelve, says for us to work out our own salvation. There's things that we have to do to work out our salvation. It's not it's not incumbent upon God. God has done everything. He's gonna do. In the terms of our salvation, I walk. Now it's up to us. And that requires discipline and obedience. Right? So let's turn to uh, 2 Corinthians 13.5. I'm going to read it from the New King James first. And then I'm going to read it from the Amplified. (coughs) 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in, in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? So, we should know whether or not Jesus Christ is in us. So, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. If I can get there. Let's see if my iPad cooperates. This is why it's good to have a whole paperback (laughs) sometimes. All right, so let's see. All right, so this is the Amplified. 2 Corinthians 13, chapter 5 says this. Test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. So, we have to test. We have to evaluate ourselves. Examine yourselves, not me. This goes back again to Joshua and God. God saying, get up. Problem's not with me. Problems with you. you Alright? Or do you not recognize this about yourselves by an ongoing experience that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail the test and are rejected as counterfeit. So we have to test. We have to examine ourselves. How do we test and examine ourselves? Are we doing what's in the book? Are we doing what's in the book? Are we going by... Are we displaying the character of Christ which is the fruit of the spirit? Or are we displaying the works of the flesh? We have to determine and and, and test ourselves in this. It's not up to God. See, so now when we stand before him in judgment, we should know. We should know because this word is saying for us to examine ourselves and for us to work out our own salvation. But yet, a lot of times we're unsure. A lot of times we're unsure. We we see Christians, believers that come in, and some are young in the Lord, you know. And and that's normal. Right? So, but, you know, we'll see Christians that have been saved for a while, and they're unsure whether or not they are saved. That shouldn't be. We should know. We should know. And and see, we've come into this this new age church now where, well, I guess it's not new age because it's been around for years that, well, how do you know you're saved? How do you know you filled with the Holy Ghost because you need to speak in tongues? Well, that's not in the Bible. It says that you have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Ghost. What determines you fill with the Holy Ghost? Are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit? Because I know Christians, quote unquote Christians, that walk around still speaking tongues, still out there sinning. Mm-hmm. So, because if you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to want to do those things. Mm-hmm. Remember, the Word says His commandment's not burdensome. That's right. Yeah, it's not burdensome. So, it's, it should be things that we want. So, if it becomes burdensome, then we might be in our calm stage there. Mm-hmm. So, which one are we feeding? Mm-hmm. Right? So, it's a battle. And it's a battle that takes place every day. None of us are exempt no matter how long we've been saved. We face that internal battle every day. And we have to figure out which one we're going to feed. Amen. Alright, so let's go back to Romans chapter 8. Is in you the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Right? So now we don't have a we 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 may have that internal struggle, but we should not be gravitating towards the things of sin. We we should be dead to those things. Those things should not entice us. Right? So again, that goes back to what are we putting inside of us? So if we start getting enticed with things. Then we have to do we have to examine ourselves. What have we been doing? What are we, what conversations have we partaken in? What we may have placed before our eyes, in our ears. Because, like I said, our mind is a canvas. And that's how the enemy influences influences us that way. And we have to be careful on what we allow ourselves to get into. All right, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Again, we should have victory, right? If we're submitting to the things of God, we should have victory. That's why I said it should not be a struggle as Christian believers. If it becomes a struggle, then there's a disconnect somewhere. Because we have the Spirit of the Lord that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. How much more power can we get? How much more power can we get than that? Yeah, but yet we look and see, this is why we can't fight out of our natural minds to put the to put the uh, flesh in subjection. Because our flesh is going to gravitate, but it's only by the power of the Spirit. And, and that's that dunamis power. That's that dunamis power that's going to keep. So this goes back to what I said when we did the fruit, teaching on the fruit. That you can't talk about operating out of the gifts of the Spirit when you're not living in holiness. And the scripture says what? Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside us. So we are without excuse. Amen. So let's keep going. Therefore, brethren, we are dead as not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So how do we put to death the deeds of the body? Now, that requires that crucifying of our flesh. That goes back to what I talked about before. Look, the fruit. We got hammer that stake down, right? That's what that crucified means to hammer the stake down. So when we start to feel our flesh to rise up, now we gotta be careful. That's what happened to me tonight when I got here. Everything wasn't in order like I wanted it to be, and then the flesh started to rise up. And I said, wait a minute, all right. Now this is a test for me. <laughs> Am I gonna hammer that steak back down? And that's what I did. And I just began to pray. And I felt alright. See, so we gotta be careful on what we do, even the little things, so. When I was going to West Virginia, I, I went and got gas uh, from Wawa, <laughs> and uh, the one, uh, I don't, I'm not going to say which one it was, but I got gas from Wawa, and believe it or not, I, I used the tap thing for the credit card to pay, and I asked for a receipt, didn't give me a receipt, so I went inside, got a receipt, got it, and then later on I realized it was the wrong receipt that they gave me, but lo and behold, I checked the account, it only charged me a dollar the gas instead of 26, right? And I, I said, well, he kept saying penny. I said, well, maybe that's a mistake, a glitch or something. And then I checked the later on at night, and then I checked the next day, and I said, all right, I got to call Wawa. <laughs> I said, let me call Wawa. So I call, I talked to the manager, and then he says, well, he says, this is what he said, he said, well, today's your lucky day. Uh, he said, because we weren't short or nothing like that. And I said, well, he said, well, maybe somebody passed. I said, no. I said, nobody was there before I got there. I said, nobody was there. I said, uh, but I want to make it right. He said, well, if you just want to make sure the company, he said, I'll charge you this amount, and then you come back. I said, okay. So I go back when I get back in town, and he's not there. So I talked to another manager, and she's looking at me with a confused look. I said, he didn't tell you, did She said, no. I said, all right. So she said, come back on such a day, hour. He'll be there. But she says, thank you for coming back. She said, Thank. but that was the right thing to do. Now, my flesh was tempted to say, well, if he said I'm good, I'm good, <laughs> But the right thing to do because they're still running the business, right? They're still running the business. Right. Right? Running right. the business. That's so that's the right, right thing to do is to that's go right. back and pay, and that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. That's right. We're going there, the manager, so he can charge me, and that's what we're going to leave it at, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. now, like I said, the flush was like, even on my way back home, I'm like, the flush was like, look, you don't have to go back there. <laughs> uh-huh. You don't have to go back there because he said, you know, he wasn't short. you You're good. But no, the God thing to do would be to go back and pay. Yeah. But again, this is bringing ourselves into subjection, doing what's right. Exactly. Doing what's right. Yeah. And see, the more times we do those things, the easier exactly. it becomes. The more times we get in his word, the easier it becomes to walk this walk out. The more time we spend time with him in prayer, it becomes easier. But the more time we sit in front of the television, watching the news, watching things, now our mind be begins to become conformed to this world and we start thinking like the world we allow fear to come into us you know I mean you think about it now some of us uh, are desensitized to murder right because we hear it all the time for years on on the news right and then even movies I can say from us males when we watch an action movie you know we make well I'll speak for me (laughs) so when we watch an action movie And then it'll replay in our head, and then we want to be the role of the superhero or or the one who comes in and saves the day. But then we're doing the same thing we saw in the movie, which is still murder, right? Which is still wrong, right? So we got to be careful of those things. So are we going to have that carnal mindset to do those things, or are we going to gravitate to the things of God? Which one are we going to put ourselves in subjection to? All right, so let's keep going. All right, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We'll come back to that. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Our Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. So, uh, verse 14, we see... uh, Verse 14, sons of God, and I think some translation will have children of God, or child of God. And then verse 16 and 17 also has children of God. And I talked about this before, but I gave you two Greek words here, but I'm going to give you a third word here in a minute. That one is huos, which is verse 14, which is shows a mature Christian belief. That, that, that everybody's not going to have, right? Then we have in verse 16, 17, which is Technon, which is an immature believer. So we really, so they're both, both believers, but one is mature. So when Violet had asked before whether or not, you know, does it make a difference when someone, uh, does God answer someone's prayers a little mm-hmm. bit more than others? Well, yeah, because if you're walking and you're mature, if you're a hero, if you're a son of God, that mature Christian, yeah, God's going to hear you. But if you're immature, what happens with immature? Because both can be 17 years old, but one's gonna be mature. You have one mature 17-year-old and one immature 17-year-old. The immature 17-year-old does what? Blames everybody else. Doesn't accept responsibility. The mature 17-year-old says, I receive wrong. So the, the immature one will be like Joshua when he went before God. God, if this doesn't happen, this this is what they're gonna do. No. There's, there's no excuses in that. God wants us to be mature in that. So then we have another child which is in Galatians Galatians 4 Yeah, uh, Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 Now I say that the heir as long as he is a child differeth nothing from a servant though he be lord of all but is under tutors and governors until the until the time appointed of the Father. Verse 3. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. So, that child there actually means someone that's a new believer. Right? So now we have two, we have three. That word there is actually uh, nepios in the Greek. It means an infant. So that's your new believer. That new believer may not be fully... Well, we know not may not. They're not going to be fully mature in the things of the Lord. So that new believer may not understand everything that's in the Bible. This is why they need to come. Well, we all need to come, but at all stages, but the new believer might need to get into the word a lot more and sit up under somebody to, to learn some things, you know, because they may do some things in the work of the flesh. They may not know after they get saved what that internal struggle is. Because guess what? When we're unsaved, we don't experience that internal struggle. We just do. That's right. Yeah, we, we just do. You know, like I said, we may not go out there and commit murder or, or adultery per se, but we just do things because we react. We respond to our fight. We don't have nothing to control. us. That's why we see a lot of people out in the world, they just respond to their emotions. Right? And they, they, they have no control. The Holy Spirit helps us maintain that control, maintain that balance. So that's three different children here. That Paul mentions. And we have to figure out which one are we all. Are we, are we we still that one that's on a baby bottle? Or are we uh, that one that's an immature Christian? That That's that one that sits in church. Oh, I can't do that? We, we've heard that before. Or are we going to be that mature Christian? And see, so in order to be the mature Christian, that takes discipline and obedience. That takes getting in his word. That takes spending time in prayer. That takes sitting under some sound doctrine because you don't get like that overnight. Amen. So, if we as Christians live our lives according to the flesh, then our mindset needs to change. We can all be guilty of that and probably have been guilty of that, probably even this week. <laughs> See, we can be Christians and we can live like the world. They say God's going to be pleased with it, but we can live like the world. We can be carnal and still be saved. Because Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says what? I would like to talk to you as, I should be able to talk to you as you mature, but you're still carnal. Why? So, that carnal Christian is not the Christian out there committing adultery, fornication. Because Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the beginning of the chapter. He describes it as strife, envy, and divisions. So just because someone says that they're saved and they're going out committing works of the flesh, such as adultery, whether it's murder, fornication, Scripture tells us in uh, Galatians chapter 5 that if you practice those things, then you won't inherit the kingdom of God. So that's not a carnal Christian. That's actually a sinner. If you're out there practicing those things. <laughs> All, right. All right. So I'm not going to let's see. All right. We'll we'll start on uh I'll just read it. Uh Galatians. I'll give you a little bit of background. So, we're going to turn to uh Galatians, but you know, the Apostle Paul here is writing to the Galatian church. It's a it's a Gentile church, but he's writing to multiple churches cuz he says to the churches in Galatia. So, there's more than one church there. And he's writing them because there was some Jewish false teachers that came after Paul left. They, they came in and they started putting, telling the Gentile church that they have to follow the Jewish laws and what they were doing. So Paul had to write a letter to come that. And actually Galatians is one of the, I think it's probably the only letter actually that Paul wrote where he doesn't start out with a praise or things like that or accolades to the church. Because that to me shows how urgent he was in getting this letter to them because they also tried to discredit Paul. And actually, the book of Galatians is actually similar, even though it's short and similar to, to Romans as well. Alright, so I'm going to just break down the chapters in Galatians here. So chapter 1 and part of chapter 2 talks about the authority of Paul's apostleship. So when they came in, they tried to discredit the apostle Paul. And then chapter 2 through chapter 4 talks about the justification by faith because they were coming in saying, look, you need to do this to do this and this and this to be saved. Paul's saying, no, just have faith. Just have faith and believe. And we know that that's what it is, right? And then chapters 5 through 6 deals with our sanctification. What we must do to grow closer to God, right? So it's not about works, but let's face it, as we come into Christ, Our behavior is going to change. Our mindset is going to change. Our attitude is going to change. It should change. So, what probably most of us don't know, because I didn't realize until I started reading this, that Apostle Paul actually had no intentions on going to the churches in Galatia. He stopped through there because he was sick. So let's turn to chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 13. So, this will actually put a a little dent in what we call, quote unquote, the faith healers. Saying how you should never be sick, or, you know, certain things like that. We're going to see something a little here, right here. (laughs) It was because of Paul's sickness that these churches came to be in Galatia. All right, so Galatians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13 and 14. You know that because of my physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first. In my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject. But you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. So here was Paul. He was sick, going to the churches in Galatians, preaching. And guess what? They didn't look down on him. They accepted him as he was. But what will we do today when we hear some of the preachers today? Especially the televangelists. Oh, you sick. You ain't a god. There ain't a guy. Well, we see in the Bible, y'all have heard me go through these and that there's people in the Bible that get sick. Right? Jesus will come and heal some people. Sometimes they he won't come and heal. That's right? right? So, so when we hear people say, well, it's God's will for you to always be well. Well, that's not true. That's not in the scripture. We don't see that in the scripture. So we have to be careful. And again, that's my mindset get, because that's how my mindset was because that's what I heard when I came to the Lord. Yeah, don't you, we're not to be sick. So now, if I have something calling me, I'm walking around denying it. <laughs> I'm walking around denying it. Nope, I'm not receiving this. I'm not receiving it. Not receiving. That, that, that's not how it works. Again, that's that positive thinking stuff. That's that. That's not. No, because yes Yes, we can still press in to get in God's presence. Yes, and God can deliver us and heal us. Absolutely, but God can also give us the strength to continue to press on even through sickness. Amen. even through disease, Amen. right, and guess what, if none of us can't do it, you got brothers and sisters in Christ, just like the uh, the four men that lifted the paralytic man down to Jesus, because he couldn't get up and do it himself, the four men did it. Got it, and then Jesus healed him, right, forgave him of his sins and healed him, right, so all the stuff that they're teaching out there, it's garbage, Amen. right, so again, this is where we have to deprogram, Look, this is why I say on Wednesday, why I want you to, uh, to read it first, <laughs> to read it first and see what the Lord is showing you before we go to something else. And then we're basing our reading on what we read that somebody else is interpreting to us. Right. we got to be careful. And even with me, right? Like I say, I'm no different than you all. I'm a man, I'm a human too, right? So that's why I give you all scriptures to go back in the scriptures and go back and look at it. So let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. And we'll get ready to close out with this. I'll talk a little bit about this before we actually get into it in sense. Alright, so Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. Very familiar text. I'm sure we've all read it before. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, if we're going to, if we feel ourselves going down that road To where we're getting into our flesh, we have to walk in the Spirit. We have to get in the Word, we have to get in God's presence, and we have to walk in the Spirit. That's the only way we can overcome the flesh, by through the Spirit of God. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, they're obvious. (laughs) He's saying, they're obvious. So there, 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 there should be no doubt about it. And I remember I said this is not a an exhaustive list because there's more. So the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy, heresies. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. That means and the like and just things just like these so we're gonna see as we go through some of the things that we celebrate in the world actually works in the flesh so even as Christians if we go to New Orleans and go to Mardi Gras we're gonna see Mardi Gras is in here reveries and delights of which I tell you beforehand just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God so as we're gonna go through details, as we're gonna we're gonna go through details of these, and we're gonna to start to see some things. And how we come about with some of our words, whether it's uh, drugs and things like that, and we're gonna see how it's all works of the flesh. And the only way the works of the flesh can be broken is through us coming into relationship with Jesus Christ and the Spirit, his Holy Spirit on the inside of it. So what happens is. A lot of people come that get bound in drugs, get bound in alcohol, get bound in adultery, fornication, and things like that. And they're trying to get out of it themselves. Get bound in pornography, but it's only by the Spirit of God where you can be broken free from that, just like that. And it's not a it's not a process. We like to say sometimes in churches, oh, it's a process. No, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's not a process. Amen. If we're making it a process, then it's our flesh. Amen. Because the Lord delivered me instantly. we'll talk about that later (laughs) but yeah so you know sometimes we don't understand the full definitions of the Greek words when we see these workings of the flesh you know but as we go through them your your, your mind is going to and likened to some things, you know, prayerfully. Amen. So, we know that the fruit of the Spirit is the opposite of the works of the flesh. And just like I talked about how the Jewish sect, the Jewish um, false teachers came in and trying to instill the law on the Gentile church when Paul was like, no, you're free. You're free by the Spirit of God, you know. So, let's, we'll, we'll go over some differences between the law and the Spirit. So, the law attempted to require love. And that's what they, that law put them in bondage. And that's what was happening with the Gentile church. They were in, they were free in the spirit of the Lord when Paul was there, but when his Jewish teachers came in, now they started to get confused and they started to go into bondage again. See, so the law requires love, the spirit produces love. The spirit, the Holy Spirit produces love on the inside of us. Amen. So even when, you know, we could be cold hearted. And, and, and just bitter and all sorts of things. Once we come into the Lord and we get filled with His Spirit, now we operate and we move out of love. It's a difference in that. The Lord tries to keep someone tries to keep a person under control. The Spirit constrains, meaning it's one's own internal and deeply rooted standards and values. So, again, God is not going to snatch us out and say, Look, "Don't do that." He's going to warn us. He's going to give us an unction to warn us. Don't go down that road. Don't say that. Y'all heard me say that before. I'll be running my mouth sometimes. He'll tell me, be quiet. Don't, don't say it. Don't say it. And then sometimes I listen and sometimes I don't. And when I don't listen, that conviction said it, that, that cutting said and it's it terrible. It's a terrible feeling. Right? And it's like, you would think i would learn my lesson, but sometimes I don't. You know? So, none of us pray. It's, it's a battle. It's a battle. All right. <laughs> All right. So, Alright, so the Lord, the law produces a slave, but the Spirit produces children. Right? And not just any children like we talked about. We don't want God doesn't, he's not looking for immature children. Yes, they're still saved, but they're carnal. All right? And again, a carnal child of God is not out Amen. there committing fornication and, and things like that. There's there, there certain things that they're gonna do and certain things that it's not gonna be named above among them. Shouldn't be. But he wants us to be mature that he that that mature child of God. So that way, that mature child of God is it, it, when he says turn left, and that's literally what it means. Uh, that governor vow, directs the flow of the water. So when he says go left, that mature child is going to go. Mm-hmm. When he says stop, that mature child is listening, is not doubting. See, a lot of times we look, we 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 don't trust our own relationship with God. This goes back to examining ourselves. We look for confirmation mm-hmm. a lot of times. We look for confirmation. We gotta stop doing that. We, you know, God will provide confirmation here and there, but a lot of times we're looking for confirmation and no. Our mature in this, <laughs> we don't need confirmation all the time. Right? If you want confirmation, the Word of God is your confirmation. Right. You don't need another confirmation from another man or woman of God. And this is how we get caught up with these false prophets. Because they'll come in and they'll say something. Remember what I said, that as soon as we speak something, God knows, but the enemy knows. Mm-hmm. And the enemy will be speaking to somebody else, and then they'll, they'll come back and they'll tell us, hey, you're doing this, this, and this, because they know what happened. They know if you got into a disagreement with somebody. They, they, the enemy knows that, mm-hmm. right? Because the enemy started it. And then we start to trust that person. No, we got to learn to be mature in our walk with God. And how do we get mature? Spending time with him. Amen. Growing in his word. And being that just like that governor. Go this way. Go that way. Well, Pastor, I think the Lord is telling me to move it. No. What do you mean you think? <laughs> Either you know or you don't know. <laughs> right? So if you got to say you think, then it, it's, it's no. It, it's definitely a, a no. All <laughs> right? So, and that's what keeps us at, Bay where we don't mature enough because we look for that confirmation. We look. It's just like it's just like that child learning how to walk, right? They they kind of scared to walk. Oh, I'm actually riding the bike. You know, they they want you to hold. They want the parent to hold on to the bike as you pedal, because they want that confirmation that they're not going to fall, right? So we're afraid to fall, but we're going to trust God and we're going to know His voice when He's speaking to us. How do we know His voice? Spending time with Him, His word. He will never go against His word. He would never go against his word. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Alright, so, we know we have an old nature. The old nature is hard to control. And like I said, we can't control it ourselves, but it's only by the Spirit. There are plenty of people in the Bible who fell because they gave in in the old nature. And a lot of them in the Old Testament, because guess what? They didn't have the Holy Spirit like we do today. You know, but there were Christians Well, they weren't Christians then, but they were uh, children of God that walked in holiness in the Old Testament. How can they do it, but we can't do it? Well, we have the Holy Spirit, yeah. And we, we have the Holy Spirit. So we're that much more up on that. So we can find ourselves... Beating ourselves up when we give in to the works of the flesh. But it's important for us to understand that we can only overcome it by the Holy Spirit. So it's just like I said, if we slip up, just confess your sins. <laughs> Ask for forgiveness and then repent and move on. We don't just confess and keep going. No, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But we're going to turn from that. It's that we're not, we're not going to practice those things. Now what I talked about before, we practice things to get better. So if we're practicing sinful nature, we're definitely getting better at that. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to practice the things of the God, then we will get better at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even as born-again Christians, we can fall victim to our flesh if it is not crucified. We have to crucify our flesh every single day. Mm-hmm. Every single day. And see, it, it, it can sneak up on us. It can creep up on us. We can forget the spend time with God, late to work, rush and do this, mm. and then we'll find ourselves getting irritated. Mm. right? We'll find ourselves getting irritated. We're like, man, what's different today? Mm. I didn't crucify my splash. I didn't I didn't show discipline and get up early enough to pray. Right? And we, we had to do it. And then even, I told the story even before, back when I was in the Navy, you know, I used to have to be to work early in the morning. I used to have to get up at least an hour early before to get ready so I can go into prayer, just to go into that submarine, because I knew what I was dealing with. The language I was going to hear to pray over my space. I had to do that. That that, that was discipline that I had, I had to do, Amen. right? And there were other Christians on it, but they didn't do all that. But then they always got into their flesh That's a lot of time. You know, we, we got to be careful. Where I'm not going to say I never got into my flesh, but it wasn't that often. It would, it would be rare. Somebody could say, and even on my job, they'll tell you if they see me in my flesh, it's out of character for you. It's not normal. Mm-hmm. And there are Christians that. It becomes known that that's part of their character and that 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 shouldn't be. That means the flesh is not crucified. We're not submitted to the Spirit mm-hmm. of the living God. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we have to understand there's a war going on on in the inside of us, and I'll start on the actual works and the definitions and the meanings and breaking them down. Not next week, but probably the week after that. Amen. 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 All right, let's bow our heads.